0: Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined, so y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm going to answer with the same answer, so y'all can shoot
1: if y'all please. I don't, I don't know, we're just out there playing, my helmet came down on me. Uh, <laughs> When guys come and sit on the couch, I go right after them. Don't you respect me for that? No, I don't. You big dumb desk hiding behind your microphone. You are now listening to the longer yard of the Dip Podcast Network.
0: Welcome back to the Longer Yard Podcast, part of the Dip Podcast Network.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Ethan, he's Sam, and today's episode, episode two, we're going to talk about all the craziness that's been happening on this uh, offseason, all the trades, all the signings, all that stuff. So it's coming, we got a lot to talk about, we're going to break down some stuff and it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. We have a ton to talk about, you're absolutely right. But one thing we're going to
0: start with is actually more recent news. Uh, involving the draft because we actually did our draft episode last week and uh, if we were uh, really going to uh, give ourselves more work we would redo it given this trade that happened between the Saints and the Eagles uh, yesterday so uh, I I just want to quickly break it down and then Ethan I'd love to get your thoughts on how you think the trade went um, who won the trade who lost the trade uh, ramifications of it so Uh, We'll get to that in just a sec, but first, uh, let me just say the New Orleans Saints trade up very slightly in the first round. They had uh, the number 18 pick. They move up to number 16, also add the number 19 pick in this year's draft, and then add a sixth round pick, number 194 overall. The Eagles take that 18th pick, so move back ever so slightly. They still have the 15th pick, so they'll still have two first round picks. They add a third-round pick this year, number 101 overall, and a seventh-round pick this year at number 237. And then in future draft capital, they get a 2023 first from the Saints and a 2024 second-round pick from the Saints. So in the end, Saints get three picks, two firsts and a sixth, and the Eagles get uh, five picks, two firsts, a second, a third, and a seventh. Ethan,
1: who won this trade? All right. I mean overall I think the Eagles won it and I think it's like I think it's pretty clear the Eagles won this trade overall. Now, I, and honestly like I guess if, if you compare it to like who won the trade for this year's draft, honestly I feel like I'm still going to go with the Eagles because they still have two first round picks. And now, I mean yeah, the Saints now have two first round picks, but I mean their their first round picks they, they didn't no one moved a lot of positions. The Saints just acquired another first round pick, which hats off to them I think like they're, they're trying to make some moves this year, which I, I can get it. But I mean, the Eagles, I think I saw something that was like, this gives them bigger draft capital later in the future in case J- Jalen hurts doesn't pan out, you know, and he's not yes. the guy. And I mean, they got two first rounds this year. They got another first round next year. So they will have two first rounds next year, possibly. And then they got a second and a third. Like, I mean, they just like, they scored for the future draft capital and they'll probably still draft well this year. You know what I mean? And overall, I think the saints, not the saints, but the Eagles, it was a great trade on there. And like, they, they did what they needed to do.
0: This is like the, the saying of this is 3d chess and that kind of thing where the Eagles realize that they have such an advantage going into this year's draft that it's okay for them to trade out of one of those first round picks and really help themselves in future years whether that's to find a Jalen Hurts replacement if it doesn't work out, or to just simply add to that roster, having two first-round picks for a team that New Orleans might struggle this year, you know yes, that's very it's true. There they lost, uh, you know, Teron Armstead on the offensive line. We still don't know necessarily what they're going to get at quarterback. Um, Jameis was. Pretty good um, for most of the year when before he got hurt. Um, but he's also Jameis Winston, so he's going to yeah. have the biggest peaks and the biggest
1: valleys. That's true, very true. You think and then you um, don't know
0: about Alvin Kamara. That's the other thing. Yeah, you don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to play, and if you don't have Alvin Kamara, that offense I don't trust
1: to do a thing. And and they, I mean, Michael Thomas, like he'll play next year, but is he going to be what he was? The previous years, you know? Like, he he missed the entire last season with an ankle injury. Like, who knows what he's going to come back and look like, you know what I mean? 100%. And
0: we've talked about the fact that they need to add to the wide receiver core. This is a great opportunity for them to do so. Um, yep. You know, and still add to the defense. Maybe they only feel like they could cover one side of the ball. This gives them a chance to do both. Um, I, I think... I think this helps them in the short run but it's really going to hinder them in the long run and so for that reason I really like what the Eagles did Um, it's so weird to me how we look at seemingly look at first round picks in the future as current second round picks and it's like wait what
1: yeah you're like that's a first round pick the next year man like you just have to wait that's it
0: and and who's to say if they don't maybe they go quarterback this year maybe that's what I was about to ask you maybe they're looking at it and they go well we're probably not going to get Pickett or Willis but maybe we really, really love Matt Corral or, uh, or, Sam or Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell. Maybe we really love one of those guys. So now we have to go get one with, the, with this to pick. And we can still pair him with a top-notch wide receiver, help on the offensive line, help defensively, whatever else they feel they need. Or, or other option, if they see Pickett or Willis slide into 10, 11, 12, do they package those picks, move up, and go get that quarterback that they absolutely love? So I'm curious what they're envisioning. Um, in the end, their cap situation is a nightmare. It is awful. They are going to be in the luxury tax or over the cap or whatever um, kind of whatever the the right terminology for that is for a very long time because they keep putting in void years to these contracts and push money out. And I think what they really need more than anything else is to find the cheapest labor possible, which is a rookie contract.
1: Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Do you, what do you think the Saints are going to do with those two first round picks? Do you think they're going to go wide receiver? Or do you think if Pickett and uh, uh, Malik Willis slide, you think they're, they're going to take a quarterback? I
0: think in the end, they're definitely taking a quarterback. The question yeah. is, do they trade up? And by packaging those picks and go get a top guy, or are they okay with the idea of that kind of next tier? Um, Hard to say. It. it, I feel like every year as we get closer and closer to the draft, we find out somebody we weren't necessarily expecting. Teams are just falling in love with it. I think that was Mac Jones last year. We were kind of like, yeah, first round pick, really. And he he was solid. Like I don't want to take that away from him, but um, you know, we we certainly looked at it from a perspective of he's probably not that close to the bulk of the rest of the quarterback class that we're talking about. These top four, we might've been wrong. I mean, he might, he might be better than we thought he was, but you know, there's, there's just these interview processes, these uh, pro days, combine, things like that. Once we get through all that, we start to see like, Oh, somebody some of these teams are just enamored with this, this guy. And so I think as we get closer to the draft uh, here in the next, what, four weeks, we're going to hear about somebody not named Pickett or Willis, that teams are just fawning over. that, yeah. that they Absolutely adore. And that's going to be who, and I, I think a lot of that might be coming from the saints. Um, so I do think they go quarterback. The question is, is it one of their two picks Or is it one pick that total because they're trading up to go get that guy?
1: Yeah, I I, I could see that. Um, I think I'm excited to see how it goes. Like, I want to see, it's part of me like wants to see, like, I I like seeing when teams trade up for things like that and like they try to do something and make big moves for like this coming year draft. And then they just draft all the wrong things. And it just kind of like, it's just like, it just comes right back in their face. And they're just like, why, like, everyone's like, why did they do that? Like, it just made no sense. You know, like I kind of want to see that happen, but I don't, you know, like hopefully it's the best for the team and all that, but like it would be, it'd be inter- entertaining to see that, you know? Yeah. I, I, the
0: question with the fact that they, have they do technically have a new coaching staff. Like I'm, if I remember correctly, they hired internally. So it's not totally off the wall. Yeah. Um, but without Sean Payton at the helm, I'm very curious as to what is going to be the direction of this team. Um, we're going to find out very quickly. I think is what we're we're learning here. There, we're going to find out just how much they value Jameis Winston, how much they value Taysom Hill, or how much they value a rookie quarterback, based on what they do with these picks. Yeah. So we'll see. It's 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 coming in the future, uh, in the very near future. And but that's what I love about draft season. It it, it can be so
1: wild, so quickly. I know. I mean, it's just it's going to be fun. It's approaching. We're we're only what a few weeks away.
0: Yeah, uh, end of the month, and I, I love draft season. It's 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 wild. But let's talk about the wildness that was free agency. Um, yeah, you know this was, as you have touted it many times, uh, not on air. This is the biggest year, the wildest year, the craziest year that we have ever seen in free agency. The movement, specifically the quarterbacks, has yeah. been absolutely off the wall, and big finally, names. Frankly, I think it might be funniest and most ironic that we start with the quarterback that didn't move that we thought might, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I know,
1: dude. All the freaking drama this guy like brought like I listen, I love Aaron Rodgers. He's one of like my all-time favorite quarterback. But all the drama he brought to the Green Bay Packers like franchise and like the front office and all that, and, like you just you, everyone literally probably could would have bet the house on it that Aaron Rodgers wasn't gonna be a Packer this year. Because of all that drama and speculation year before, he was like, "want demanding a trade and all this," and then he signed an extra year to fill it out. And then you're like, "All right, where's Rogers going?" You know, and then he signs an extension, and you're like, "What just happened? I don't understand." Not only
0: did he sign an extension, he signed a bonkers extension three yeah. years, one hundred and fifty million dollars. The that man is, is 50 getting million paid dollars per year. Good. Lord. Now, I know that's not how the cap works, so we don't have to get into that. But your your average annual value of a contract, we have now achieved $50 million per season. Five, zero. Do you imagine? Good Lord. Do you imagine that? I don't know what to do with like a fraction of that amount of money, and he's going to get it in a year. Now, I will say one thing that the Packers are doing that could cause some issues down the road they added two voidable years to the end of the contract. So mm-hmm. it's basically spreading at that cap value. So rather than them actually getting hit with potentially 50 or more million dollars in a given year, they're spreading that out so that way it's probably closer to like 35 to 40 million dollars on most yeah. of those years. Smart in the in the short term, because that gives them an opportunity to hopefully load up for their sake for one last run with Aaron Rodgers to see if they can win a Super Bowl. Yep. yep. However, in doing that, you also traded away your best weapon.
1: Yeah what are you doing? I mean, I I honestly I was really shocked that they they traded away Devontae Adams. Like I get it, like there wasn't a lot of cap space for them. But they I mean they restructured a lot of things. Like I feel like they could have made it happen. And I mean, you have the best quarterback in the league. I would like to think you'd want to keep the best, best wide arguably the best wide receiver in the league on the same team. They have, you know, some of the best chemistry in in the game, you know, like, I think that you do it, but I think how they played it where I know, I remember there was like talks of them, like re-signing him, you know, and not releasing him as a free agent, you know? And so they were like, why don't we just trade him away, even though we haven't signed a deal, but we'll trade him away. And like, I, w- I guess I wonder if this is what they did. Like, they were like, let's make people think we're signing them, but let's like trade him away. And I think that's what they did with the Raiders and they got those two first round picks, but they had no intentions of signing him. You know what I mean? Probably not. I, I guess I, I I'm
0: constantly going to be confused by the idea that they didn't just want to re-sign him. I, I know the cap can be a problem, but at the same time, we see teams every single year find a way to make it work. Whether that's It's so true these voidable years, whether that's just spreading out uh, the cap hit, like doing a, a low year one cap hit for Devontae Adams and when you sign him to a four-year deal, whatever it might be. I, I, I just... You, you fooled around long, way too long with Aaron Rodgers' career and said, we don't need to get him more weapons. He had, you know, at one point he had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams. That trio is bonkers good. And then after they see Jordy uh actually go to the Raiders himself and Cobb I'd have to look at what his original next team was they just were like oh it's Devontae and we don't need anything else and it's like I mean I guess not but if you want to maximize the value of your team you give Devontae Adams a good running mate and it's not to say they didn't sort of try I mean they certainly put some effort into finding uh alternative options, a wide receiver Mm -hmm. to someone in the slot for them, but they didn't put maximum value into that. They didn't put a first round pick into it. And again, we go back to just two draft cycles ago. You take Jordan love in the first round trade up to take Jordan love in, in the first round, take your backup running back, a very good player in AJ Dillon in the second round. And you take an H back Josiah Deguara, in the third round. How is that helping Aaron Rodgers? And, and what are no, you doing to sh- tell Aaron Rodgers that you value him as a player that you think that this is the final piece to get us that Super Bowl? And as we've seen when they bow out in the playoffs early, every single year,
1: you wasted it. Wasted they, they, it. they really, they, I mean, they, they the front office folded the bag so hard. Like, I get why they were maybe drafting Jordan Love if they thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to retire in a few years. But, I mean, the man has won back-to-back MVPs now. He looks like he's going to play. I think they motivated him. Yeah.
0: I think they motivated him. He went, went, oh, you're going to replace me. You think I'm Brett Favre? Watch this.
1: Yeah. I'm going to win back-to-back MVPs. And then, I mean, like, if you look the way he's playing, he looks like he could probably play another four or five years. You know what I mean? And, like, you drafting Jordan Love. And he, and you, for some reason, he's like, I still want to stay with the Packers and just play after Rodgers. You just wasted six, seven years of his career. Like now, you got maybe, maybe ten years with him if he even pans out. You know.
0: And they have no idea what they have in him. They, I mean, it sounds like in a lot of cases they don't think they have anything in him, which is kind of a problem. Uh, yeah, they don't think that they have their their heir apparent. I mean, maybe then at that point they're hoping that they turn into one of, you know, as we'll get to shortly, the Denver Broncos, when they did that with Peyton Manning, you know, grabbed him at the end of the career, of his career, uh, and as they just did with Russell Wilson, or be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and have Tom Brady walk in your lap. Yeah. That's what they're hoping for. But the problem is is that you have to have the infrastructure around that quarterback where it's literally the only thing you need to win a Super Bowl is that quarterback. They don't have that going for them. They have a defense that they've let guys walk. They have an offense where they've let guys walk and age. I I just don't see a path to that to you know one of these top quarterbacks going. I want to play in Green Bay. You're doing it for the history and the prestige. You're not doing it because the current team is actually ready to win a Super Bowl. You take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers as they stand right now.
1: They're maybe going five hundred.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I don't think they're a playoff team. That's that's exactly the problem. Aaron Rodgers is the difference in. Five six wins for this team right now, especially considering the fact that I personally don't have a lot of faith in Jordan Love. We have to give him a, a chance. I, I'm certainly open to changing that, but as it sits right now, yeah. What do you What are you doing if you don't have Aaron Rodgers?
1: You know. And, you know what I'd like to see. This is a little like little little curveball in there. I would like to see because, like, I mean. If I'm the Packers, like I'm hoping Rogers plays the next three years, right, and then oh, they, you worry about yeah, and then you worry about your quarterback for the future and the next like next year's draft or the draft after or so on, right? I would love to see them trade away Jordan Love for like like to the Panthers or the Giants or something like that for maybe like a second round or a first rounder if they could, and just I have like the
0: Colts would have been perfect, yeah, and have.
1: Ryan and then they could possibly have like three first round picks this year or two first round two second round and really support Aaron Rodgers like that would be their saving grace where they could just like be like hey we messed up but we we made up for it you know well it's not like if they if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt please
0: god don't let this happen i want to see Aaron Rodgers play football if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt this team is not making the playoffs. So it does yeah. not really matter who your backup quarterback is. It's not yeah. like, oh, I mean, you could maybe magically get the Nick Foles Eagles situation, but don't count on it. If your starting quarterback goes down, you are most likely going to be a 500 or worse team. And you accept that, go get your higher draft pick, maybe get a quarterback out of that, and then retool for the following year. Yep. In the meantime, you play like Aaron Rodgers is going to win another MVP. That's what you plan for. You play. You plan like he's going to get you to the playoffs, and you give him actual support to maybe make a Super Bowl run one final time. I would. They're not I doing would, that.
1: I would love to see Rodgers win another ring. Like I, I'm. I mean, I in my opinion, like I think he is. If not, like I know Tom Brady surpasses. He's like the all time go. He will forever be like engraved in that but like i think aaron Rodgers is arguably i'd say top two best quarterback i like i enjoy watching play and i think just best quarterback of all time in my opinion just because,
0: yeah this is the weird debate of like best versus most talented yeah um you know because then and then you start talking about most accomplished but like tom brady's the go because he's the most accomplished yep if you want to argue highest talent level of any quarterback that's ever played Aaron Rodgers is definitely on the short list. He is within the top two or three at minimum. Probably number one, because he has an absolute house howitzer for an arm. He can fit it into any window. He's got some actually really good athletic ability, even Mm -hmm. at this point in his career. He can moves around just fine. There is not a quarterback that I can think of that is more talented than Aaron Rodgers. And yet you're gonna walk away with one Super Bowl ring. And not even another Super Bowl appearance
1: in his yeah, career. I mean the man has four MVPs and like one ring to show for it. Like, you—that's—that's that's a lot of that. Like, if you just look on it, you're like a lot of that's, it's the front office. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, yes. it's, it's a lot of their fault, you know. Like,
0: they were not aggressive enough to actually put their team together in a way that's going to allow them to win football games. A team that a franchise that has done it now twice. Is the Denver Broncos, and that's where I want to go next. Yes. They did it with Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning came available after his neck injury, and we thought maybe his career was over. They went, no, 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 no. We're getting this guy. This guy is going to throw for fifty-five a touchdowns. Roster. We have wide, we have the, the weapons for him. We have a defense. Good lord! You had Von Miller coming off the edge. They were ready to win. They went and got their quarterback. Now they're doing it again. They bring in Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks, and they paid a pretty penny to do it. Yeah, they did. They gave up Drew Locke. Yeah.
1: Not a loss there. I won't Not, not, not a, a super a loss big there. loss.
0: Noah Fant, an actual loss. Yeah. I, tight I love Noah should say Fant. Noah, Fant. Noah Fant is so good, dude. He's so fun to watch. He's, He's young. not a block, He's... great blocker, but if you want to talk about a mismatch at tight end, that's Noah Fant. Love him. Uh, he, they got defensive he, lineman Shelby Harris. I, I I'm so sorry. I, let me let me quickly get through this. No, I you're good. You're good. You're good. You, I will get you on. No offense. Two first round picks, number nine overall this year, and a, uh and the first round pick next year, 2023. Two second round picks, number 40 overall here this year, and a 2023 second round pick. A fifth round pick in 2022, and they get back Wilson and a 2022 fourth round pick.
1: Go. Um, No offense. Like, he is just... I mean, the potential for this kid is, like, unlimited. Like, I mean... He, I think he's a more athletic Travis Kelsey,
0: and Travis Kelsey's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, if he just... I, I, they just they just need to, like, hone in on him and, like, really try and develop him the best they can because that is, like, that is star, like, superstar talent right there. Yeah. Um, but the freaking... The, those draft picks, they did give up a lot, and I'm just hoping that the Broncos, maybe they'll get that seal of the draft fourth rounder, <laughs> you know, to help make up for gonna the need loss. To. They're yeah, gonna
0: uh, they're going to need to uh, hope that they put themselves in the same situation the Rams just did with Matt Stafford because their draft equity is minimal at best. Uh, yeah. Can I also just quickly say on Noah Fant, that dude had to be so excited. He was getting out of Denver. He's like, Drew Locke's not throwing me the ball anymore. Let's go. Yeah. And then he finds out Drew Locke's going with him. He's like, you got to be hitting me. I'm going to get overthrown 17 times a game again? How does this keep happening?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's very unlucky, but I think if Pete's still around, maybe they can really develop him there.
0: I mean, maybe. I I think it's more likely that they end up going quarterback in the draft unless as we had it last week, unless Pickett and Willis go really early, I think Think the uh, Seahawks will happily swipe up one of those two. Yeah. Probably Malik Willis, if I had to guess, because I think people there will look at him kind of as like a Russell Wilson 2.0. Indeed. Not necessarily. Okay with it, yeah. But, or Russell Wilson light is probably a better way to put it. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just. Seattle got an absolute truckload of, of picks, but they also just gave up back-to-back first-round picks for Jamal freaking Adams, who's a, a... Yeah, he's a safety. He's really a linebacker. Let's just call it what he yeah, is. He's, he's a linebacker. linebacker. <laughs> you gave him two first-round picks for a linebacker. Please explain that one to me. And then you have two stellar weapons at wide receiver and go, yeah, we'll get rid of the quarterback that throws in the ball. I mean, I, I, I think I think they really should tear it down completely. Trade away DK Metcalf. Trade away Tyler Lockett.
1: They can get a lot out of both those guys.
0: I, I mean, they're definitely going to ask for a first for DK. I think Lockett, based on age, probably doesn't get them a first, but I think they can definitely get a second rounder for him, or at least maybe like a a third and a fourth kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I I would guess, if you looked at the trade value chart, that is the equivalent of a second round pick in some capacity. maybe a low second round pick, but I I think, I think there's enough there that you might as well tear it down to the boards, start over and and really give this, this rebuild a a true chance. I think probably the reason they don't is because Pete Carroll is like 70 years old and is like, "Mm, I don't really want to do a rebuild. So until he retires, I probably won't fully buy into that. Yeah, They're they're on hold. I I mean, I get it from Seattle's case of Russ didn't want to be there got to let him go. Um, I just, I, I get, I. anytime you're trading away a star quarterback, I'm kind of like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. Um, I It well, worked out great for Denver. Oh, yeah. I, I love seeing all that. Like, you ever see those, there was, because there was that back and forth between Russell and the Seahawks. There was like, uncertainty. And then Russell's like, I don't want to leave Seattle and all this stuff, you know? And then there's like that back and forth. And then like, oh, like two days later, it's like, Russell Wilson's officially traded to Denver Broncos. And you're like, I could have swore. He just said that he wasn't like all in for Seattle. And you're like, what just happened? You know?
0: Well, right before that, um, or or shortly before the trade, Pete Carroll was doing the whole, like, yeah, Russell's going to be our quarterback this year. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and by the way, even more recently than that, he's, he's like, yeah, DK, we're planning that DK back going to be on the team this year. Yeah. DK's out of there. that's not very reassuring, but good luck to you, Pete. You know it would be in St.
1: D.K. to the Browns, maybe? I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: no. We're not doing this. We're not We're not doing this. Re- I mean, realistically, if there's... I mean, especially because the Browns have no draft capital. Um, realistically, the team that should trade for him is Kansas City. Get their Tyree Kill replacement right now. Yeah. I mean, you got two first-round picks. You don't have to trade them both, let's be honest. You can get... You can just give up one of them, and you could still give up an extra pick, maybe two, um, uh, from the package that you got from Miami.
1: Yeah, easy. All right, let's let's move on to that. How do you feel about the Tyreek to the Dolphins trade? Because they got the Dolphins gave away this year. Was it this year's, or next year's first round, second round, third round, fourth round, and fifth round picks?
0: So they gave up a first round this year, which was not their own because their own is actually one of the Philly picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's the 15th pick that Philly kept. Um, so the pick that they gave up was 29 overall, which, you know, at that point, you're basically saying it's a second-round pick. Like, you're not getting the, the, the value that you would have um, if it were their own pick. Um, yeah. I guess the question is, like, what is the going rate of a top tier wide receiver? In the end, they got a lot of picks, but I'm, again, I know it says first round pick. I kind of view it as a second round pick. So you're basically getting two seconds, a four, or two fourths, and a sixth. Um, still pretty good value. Don't get me wrong, but I guess at that point, my question is similar to what we said about Devonte. Um, why are you trading him? I know it's a contract thing, but it's kind of like he's the linchpin of your entire offensive system. Your your, your entire offense is based off of we're going to be faster at every position than your defense. Try and catch us. Best of luck, friends. And then you go and trade your guy who runs like a 4-2-5 and clearly your best receiver because you have other fast guys on offense, but uh, like Mikkel Hardman, not a great Actual receiver, just really fast. Yeah, I mean, is Travis Kelsey going to get like legitimately two hundred and fifty targets next year? <laughs> no, that's not. I just. I, it, I, but who else is he throwing the ball to,
1: man? They got. I think, I feel like they're going to go. They're, they're, I feel like they're taking a wide receiver first round, and with the signing, I mean, they're going to probably have to. Yeah. Whether or not that's actually a good pick or not. Yeah, that's the scary I, part. I could I could see them like taking their their back to back picks this year and like moving up to secure oh, sure. a high like one of the top wide receivers in the draft. And then they got that signing of Juju. I mean, he's not a bad receiver. Um, and I think if the Chiefs I'm utilize
0: him, this really quietly, but not so quietly that you can't hear me. I think Juju kind of sucks. Yeah, when was the the only time Juju was ever good was when Antonio Brown
1: was lining up across from him and he was getting, and AB was getting like triple teamed. That is a, that is a really good point. I think, um, although I'll say, I think if the chiefs utilize him, like, I mean, cause he's, he's like what? Six, one, six, two. He's got some size. He's, he's a bigger body
0: receiver. I so if they utilize him it. like yeah. that, he's going to give you a different component to the offense. Cause basically every receiver that they've ever had is like, Hey, five, four run really fast. And he's gonna, and so he just brings something a little bit different. But I don't know, like I I just, I just don't understand. He's not replacing Tyree Kill. There's just no way around it. He's, in the end, if anything, he's taking some of Travis Kelsey's role. And yeah, I'd much rather give the ball to Travis Kelsey than Juju Smith Schuster, which is not even an insult to Juju. It's just Travis Kelsey's awesome. Like I want him to have the ball because I think he's more likely. I think they're gonna run similar speeds, and I think Travis is more likely to run some dudes over to pick up some extra yards after the catch. So yeah. to me, Juju is a uh a backup tight end. Not really, but like that that's the role that he's gonna play in their offense. Um I, I overall, I think the Kansas City offseason has been kind of bleh. But I'm willing to to hold off on on, on truly grading that until the draft, because maybe they absolutely kill it. And we look at that team and go, "Uh uh-oh. In the meantime, the Chargers crushed it this offseason.
1: Yeah.
0: Super Bowl favorites, question mark? No, 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 no. no. We're not doing this. (laughs) One one of our teams went to the Super Bowl last year, and I would like that to be uh, acknowledged uh, having said that the Bills are the Super Bowl favorites. Yeah. Fair unfair. Uh, that is the way that people are looking at it. Um, but you get Cleo Mack, Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack coming off the edge, yikes, good luck blocking that. You got JC Jackson now in your uh in your defensive backfield with Derwin uh, James. With Derwin James. And honestly, like I just I I just like the Chargers. It hurts me to say it. I, I, I love I love the offense. Granted, why the heck are you giving Mike Williams twenty million dollars a year? Different conversation, but they can do it right now because Justin Herbert's on a rookie contract, and and I believe it's three years, sixty million. So yeah, twenty his million a contract year. will end when Herbert's rookie deal ends. You can find a way to make that work. So that actually yeah. might work. That actually might be okay for them. But um,
1: I mean, I love Eckler. I love Eckler. He is a fantasy like just like a. Like a just a gift from God, like given to you, you know, when you have, and he's not injured.
0: I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, I had Eckler and uh, and McCaffrey uh, <sighs> as my two running backs, and uh, that was the last healthy season for Christian McCaffrey. And I was like, oh baby,
1: PPR league. Yeah, can cool. I just say, can I just say real quick, I will never draft Christian McCaffrey ever again. I don't care. That's bold. I just can't. I don't think do it. he's
0: going to be injured forever, but I understand where you're coming from. Trust I, me. It, it's the same problem that I have now with Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Um, just, I feel like he can't stay healthy. Uh, there's an, a number of players. It's just, uh, it's Cortland's on my mind because we're we're on the uh, the AFC West here. And um, I, I get it. Trust me. I, I've been burned too many times by taking guys who are, uh, quote unquote, injury prone and being like, yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're
1: I'm also. Going. I'm also going to step off my Saquon Barkley train and just not that. I had a chance cause. to
0: take him in a couple different drafts because I because he was like the seventh rated player in every draft, and I was like, I'll take Devontae Adams.
1: I took I had in one of my drafts last year. I had the tenth pick, last pick, and so I was you know back to back, and um, somehow Elliot fell all the way to ten. So I took Elliot. and I also took Barkley. Better, and I was like. I was like, man, I'm unstoppable. I was like, these guys are going to tear like, Pain. you know what I finished? I finished sixth. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I drafted the best team off of projections. I know projections are shit. I still project- drafted the best team, and it felt good, you know? And it just didn't well, the, pan the out.
0: Projection, projections are always based off of how good your starting lineup is. It doesn't take into account that someone's going to get hurt, so you actually have yep. to have a decent bench. So it they care about like, oh, you took the first quarterback, the first tight end, the first defense, the first kicker. Your team's amazing, and it's kind of like, no, your team's fine. Like you might make the playoffs because what's going to happen when your uh, top two running backs get hurt, and then you're playing like Philadelphia's backup running back as one of your starters? You're yeah. in trouble. Barclays. So I, I hate those projections, but I, I get it.
1: It's fun to look at, especially when you like you look oh, at yeah. like, I drive the best. Of course, but yeah, Barkley's injuries last year—it just like it ruined me. I had a, last year was a rough year for me for fantasy football. I, I get it. I, yeah, I, I, same,
0: same, dude, same. I was uh, I was reigning champion and came in like uh,
1: third to last or something like that. It was painful. It's painful. Um, but back to the Chargers thing. I like them. Um, I was like. So I'm a big. They're just
0: fun. Like, wait, yeah. There's no other way to put it. I don't. I don't. Again, this is, we talked about this last week. Can we just enjoy this? I just love watching them play. They're so fun. Like, I love, give me me high octane offenses like that. Uh, And and if you get a, a, like, health falls your way defensively, especially with Derwin, they could be really good.
1: Yeah. I really love... like, their offense is, like, it's got to be arguably one of the, the funnest offenses to watch. In yes. the game, like I remember last year, although we lost this game to the Chargers, the Browns-Chargers game, in my opinion, was one of the best games of the year. Like that You're a game,
0: bias, but I won't. I won't. Yeah, a little win. bias,
1: a little biased. but <laughs> I mean, it was so fun. It was just back and forth, just touchdown after touchdown, and like you yeah. were just like you were on the edge of your seat the whole time. You're like, oh my god! And then like we found a way to just you know ruin
0: it, but it's fine. You, the Browns brown dude. You can't be surprised by these
1: things. Yeah, but. It was a great game,
0: nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, that's that's the beauty of this entire division. This AFC West is going to produce great game, a great game every single week, no matter who you're playing, because you're the, these teams are just going to score points. I mean, there's a very good chance that uh, these may be the four highest scoring teams in the entire league. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yep. Uh, Raiders, I might be a little more shocked by, but. Um, but at the same time, like they had a pretty good offense last year and didn't have that number one receiver like they do now. Yeah. And, and oh, and by the way, we didn't mention this. Uh Chandler Jones, one of the best to uh the pass rushers, went to the Raiders. So they're better defense. You got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones rushing. Max Crosby just signed an extension mm.
1: too. A nice one.
0: This like this. Division, dude, is loaded with good pass rushers. You know what's even better?
1: That's scary. You know what's even better? Is they all play each other twice a year. Like every oh, It's just yes. it's beautiful, right? Talk to me about it. Um, it's gonna be every time any of those teams have kiss. anytime any of those teams have a division game, it's gonna be prime time, no matter what. Like it's just it it's should inevitable. be
0: inevitable. Yeah, It should be.
1: And it's it's we're in a weird
0: place where I won't be overly stunned if Kansas city is the worst team in that division and still has a winning record. Like that's, that's, that's where we're at. It's so it's bananas. And, and by the way, if you want to start ranking quarterbacks across the league, Derek Carr is a top, let's say 12 quarterback. I think that's, yeah. pretty, that's reasonable. He's a top 10 to 12 quarterback and the worst one in his own division. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Holy hell. Because this AFC Mahomes, quarterback group is insane.
1: Mahomes, Rodgers, and Herbert in the same division. Yeah. Yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Wilson. Russell, I'm Wilson. sorry. I, I, I wanted to say, it? I wanted to say Russell, but I said Rodgers. I bet. Mean, but lot, yeah, I do that. those three in the same division, that's like, it's just beautiful.
0: Poor Derek Carr, man. That dude is, yeah. that dude has to be down bad because he's like, it's like, oh, my time's coming. And then, no, they then the Chargers get Justin Herbert in the draft, and then Denver trades for Russ Wilson, and you're and he's just like, Can I get traded to <laughs> something in the uh, NFC where I'm actually like one of the top five quarterbacks in that conference? Takes me to like the AFC
1: South or something.
0: Well, I mean, again, just think about think about the quarterbacks. You got the four in that division. That's true. And then around the conference, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, just off the top.
1: And Possibly see. You Deshaun. could see jumps.
0: You could see, yeah. You, Deshaun could play. You could see a jump from Tua. You could see a jump from Zach Wilson. You could see a jump from Trevor Lawrence. It's true. This this conference is just stacked in QBs. They're either young or good, with like two exceptions. The only, the only exceptions to that are Trubisky and Tannehill
1: hey, uh, and bro. Matt Ryan is the MVP, man. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> I, I love that that's like a troll thing that people do. I do too. It's so uh, great. With the Nickelodeon game. Yeah. I'm I, I was hardcore rooting for uh Dak and Zeke to win it this year when I was watching it. Uh and Dak and well, I wanted Zeke to win it by the end, but I was on Dak early when he was really struggling. And then yeah, uh, he, he started playing really well toward the end. I'm like, no, can we switch our votes to Zeke, please? <laughs> That nah, didn't work out. But yeah, I, I, lo- I love that that's... Because because let's be honest, the people watching the Nickelodeon uh, playoff game are all men between the ages of like 30 and 40 who are just like, how can I ruin this for everyone else? This sounds like yeah.
1: fun. They're, they're, like, they're like, I don't think I enjoy watching this football game and watching some slime cams just get thrown all over the place and like this bad CGI. They're like, let's ruin it. Oh, I happily was part of that crowd. Uh, yeah, I'm here for it. Like, get get the slime cam crap out of here. I don't, yeah, don't want to see it.
0: 100 100%. Now, a guy who got the heck out of Houston, Deshaun Watson. Big-time trade and big-time contract extension. However, the biggest conversation around him is neither of those things. But just to cover it, I will say, Browns are getting Watson in a 2024 sixth Uh, and in return are sending number 13 overall this year, a 2023 and 2024 first-round pick. So three firsts overall, a fourth-round pick this year, number 107 overall, a third-round pick in 2023, and a fourth-round pick in 2024. And then they followed that up with signing him to a fully-guaranteed $230 million contract over five years. That is unprecedented. No one has ever received guarantees like that. Like when Kirk Cousins got like the fully guaranteed like 90 million over three years, people were like, what the hell is going on? No, this is 230 million dollars. Okay. Craziness. Now, the biggest point to make with this contract is his 2022 base salary. Is $1 million. And there's one reason for that and one reason alone. Is he playing football this year? Because no. when they take game checks from him, they don't take it from his bonuses, they take it from his base salary. So when it costs, if, if the Browns don't have to pay him, what it's, re- or if they're, if he's not playing, what it's really costing them is next to nothing. Kind of skeevy.
1: Yeah. um, I feel like I have so many different emotions with this whole... I know. But everyone does, I feel like, or at least for the most part. Like, Twitter, I don't know if you've seen Twitter. Twitter is... It's like the left versus the right with, like, the the Browns, you know? And I'm, like, stuck and I'm in the middle. And I'm just like, I don't know how to feel. Like, I like... The hardest part for you has to be taking off the fan goggles.
0: Because... Because you are a fan of the Browns first. It's not to say that you're a fan of Deshaun Watson. You're a fan of the Browns. That's been your team for practically your entire life, if not your entire life. So how do you look at this, still wanting to support your team, but also recognizing everything going on around him, which again, I, I guess not again, we haven't covered it yet, is 22 sexual assault charges being brought against him. They're all in civil court they did not have charges pressed against him criminally, but that is not to say that it didn't happen. It's to say that they did not feel that the evidence, because it is truly a he said, she said situation was yeah. enough to actually take it to real criminal court.
1: I think it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I think honestly, just like simple terms. If you 22 women are saying like you were, they were like this, you know, and, They're all saying one thing and it's versus his word. I'm I'm sorry, but like I feel like they're probably not lying. You know what I mean? Like something
0: statistically speaking, I don't know what the I can't say exactly what it is. The vast majority of women who are sexually assaulted do not report at all. Of the women that do report, the vast majority are found to have been real credible situations. So if you take that and expand expand it out. You have 22 women. Based on the average rates, we'll even take an above average uh, rate uh, of women who lied. You're still probably looking at 18 women, 18, 19 women who are telling the truth that something happened that they were not comfortable with. Yeah. That they did not give him permission to do. That's a bad look for the NFL who has consistently shown that they do not seem to care about their female fans.
1: They that do they do not suspend yeah, players
0: all. enough for hitting women. They do not suspend players enough for assaulting women physically or sexually.
1: Nope.
0: They have taken a stance that says we care a lot more about dudes popping hot for weed. marijuana,
1: like
0: the the Josh Gordon situation, getting the, getting on people with, for DUIs, which, mind you, horrible thing. Don't drink and drive. Like. They deserve punishment for that, but the idea that a DUI is worthy of a similar punishment to someone who is sexually assaulting someone is absolutely absurd. I, it hurts me to think about that.
1: I, honestly, I'm really surprised that Roger Goodell is like still commissioner, and like that, like there hasn't been some just like overthrow. I, mean, I can tell
0: you why he's still commissioner because there. are... 32 people in place that absolutely adore Roger Goodell. And they're the people that he works for. It's the owners. They love Roger Goodell. If you ask the fans, we'd have him gone 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, it's insane. Like the fact that like what, for example, say like you had like Kareem Hunt, right? With his domestic abuse and Joe Mixon and Deshaun Watson and his allegations. And then you go to someone like Josh Gordon who just popped hot, you know, tested positive for marijuana. And he, like someone who has a enti-
0: real addiction problem and actually needs help.
1: Yeah, and he's addressed it and like you know seeks help for it. And he missed what an entire year, just he's off of that a total, like
0: six years worth of games or something crazy. Yeah,
1: it's like it, I mean it's completely ruined his career. And I don't think that marijuana should like should cost someone their career. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. It should, like it should be it should be reversed. It should be reversed. I'm sorry. It just should be reversed. I, I completely agree with that. And, and that's like with the Deshaun thing, like I will support the Browns. That's my team. Um, I'm not going to be on the biggest praise for Deshaun Watson. I just, I can't, I just can't do that. You know, like if he helps the Browns win, that's great. I'm happy for the Browns. Um And I hope with his, what his statement said about how he is like, you know, basically he was just saying how he plans to like, just always can like that he will say that he, you know, he didn't do it and that, but he can, like he'll plan to be a better man and like support and all this kind of stuff. Like if he can live by that, like, good. I hope, I hope you do. You know what I mean? But I just, I'm I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the biggest supporter of him. I just, I can't, you
0: know, I don't mean to make jokes at the expense of these women who are going through a lot. Um, Having said that, I, I, there was a, a Cincinnati radio guy who made one of the funniest things I, jokes I've ever heard. Uh, Deshaun, during his introductory press conference with Cleveland, talked about how hands-on he was with the, uh, with Houston and the guy, and the guy goes, I think that was the problem, Deshaun. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh no. So like. Yeah, that's... I get what he's trying to say, but um, understand the situation you're in. It, it, like, that's... Yeah. A missed opportunity on his part to um, give himself a better look uh, in a situation where there's a lot of people that I'm, I'm seeing, which, I mean, again, mostly social media, so you're going to see the loudest voices who are actually turning their back against the franchise entirely. They're like, I can't support a team that is okay with this because... The biggest problem is not necessarily that they traded for Deshaun Watson. It's their statement around what they did to get the situation where they, where if you talk to the lawyer of the women, they're like, they didn't reach out to me and they didn't that, Yeah, to I,
1: the That's true.
0: So your entire basis of this investigation is, hey, Deshaun, did you do it? No? Cool. We're going to trade for you. It's like, you got to, you got to look into that harder. And so. And to provide like, a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a whole different thing. Which, the victory laps, by the way, being taken by some Cleveland people, like, oh, we just made it so hard for Baltimore and, and Cincinnati to resign their quarterback. <laughs> it's like, you guys are celebrating a man who is being accused of sexually assaulting women. Yeah. This is not a 3D chess thing that you think you're doing, by the way. Because guess what? You did this. Someone else was going to do it before Burroughs' contract came up someone else was going to probably do it before Lamar actually got his extension. It doesn't really matter that you guys are the first ones. It was bound to happen. So, don't take victory laps over that. That's no. absolutely disgusting. And I just I hope when I say I hope Deshaun gets suspended, it's less about Deshaun. I really want Cleveland as like the the franchise to feel some sort of uh some sort of hit for the way that they've handled this situation. Yeah. Frankly, it's repercussions for, you you know? Yeah. It's really disappointing the way that they've gone about this. Um, You know, I I certainly hope that Deshaun kind of does some of the things that like Mike Vick did, you know, after his arrest, he got more involved in, um, in animal rights groups and things like that. Like, I hope that this is an opportunity for Deshaun to really, Go the other way entirely. Um, having said that, I don't think football it should be a priority for him right now. Um, no, it, it shouldn't. And, and and I and frankly, I would say that if you were on the Bengals, I would say that if you were on the Lions, the, the two teams I report, I don't say that just yeah. because he's a, on the Browns. I say that because you done messed up, my dude, and you got to pay for it.
1: Yeah. Um, now, with that, what do you think? How do you feel about the Baker situation?
0: feel bad for him yeah you know, i was someone who really it, it's funny i actually really wanted the browns to take josh allen in that draft because like this dude's gonna bust out browns are gonna suck it's gonna be awesome and baker mayfield's gonna be amazing and they're gonna feel so dumb when they didn't take him
1: and, the were and then worse. they take baker
0: and i was like oh no they got the guy i absolutely because you can't like if you're just a football fan you don't care about the team necessarily that like the browns uh, one way or the other. It's really hard not to root for Baker Mayfield as a personality. He's just, he's so energetic. He's so, I think he's still largely a team first guy. I know there are some people who want to talk about the diva thing. Cause he's on commercials and yeah. you, know, you know, stuff like that. But it's like, he's still very much is, is a big team guy wants to win. I, I really like Baker Mayfield as like a person. Um, so I was really disappointed when the Browns got him because I was like, shoot, they're going to get good now. Um, so I feel so from that perspective, I feel bad for him because not that he's been great, but he hasn't been bad enough to necessarily get replaced. I get what the Browns are thinking of. We need to get better if we want to actually win the Super Bowl, which is always the goal. Yeah, And there's no doubt when you compare Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield on the football field, Deshaun Watson is a better player. That, that was the plan. They executed the plan. How they've gone about flirting with, do we get Deshaun? Do we get someone else? Like, And then, okay, we're not getting him. And then, oh, we're, let's throw a whole bunch of money at him and then he'll want to come here. And Baker's just kind of like, guys, I'm right here. What do you want? Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? And then by the time that you guys are really sorting this out, all of a sudden, there's really no landing spots for Baker other than Carolina, uh, Atlanta. Um, Giants, maybe, maybe like I mean, depending, something happens. Maybe something happens with Kyler, and so he ends up in Arizona. I don't know. Like, there's just, there's basically not, nowhere for him to go unless you want want to send him up to Seattle. But what is Seattle really giving up for him when they have a chance to go get they, a young quarterback on a rookie contract instead of having to pay for Baker Mayfield's fifth year option?
1: Yeah, they they really, I think them taking Deshaun and. Not letting go Baker, and instead of like say trading away Baker and seeing what they get out of it first, that really like they had more options and more value with Baker if they were to get rid of him first, rather than now that they have Deshaun. You know what I mean? Like it's just it was. There's no leverage. Poor poor play in the front office. Now they just have you know a a backup quarterback who's getting paid what like almost twenty mil a year now. Yeah, he's not. But he's not even their backup quarterback. He's their backups' backup quarterback because. They have what is it?
0: Case Keenum, I think, is their backup quarterback. I right? think
1: I think Keenum's gone now.
0: Okay. Uh, who so they, they, Nick Mullen. Is that who it is? Okay. I mean, they have they have a guy who's a perfectly reasonable backup quarterback who's not making any money. You have no leverage in trading Baker Mayfield because ain't no way you're paying him the kind of money that he's going to be getting this year. So you're people are you know any team that wants him is going to be like release him, see what happens. Uh, we'll give you a seventh for him. Why, why would they give yeah. up anything more? They, if they trade Baker Mayfield before they get Deshaun Watson, you have some leverage. You could say, we I mean, we could hold on to him if we want to. We don't have to give him up. And so you have a chance of getting something real for him. They just held on too long. I just, yeah, they, they, again, they again really, I feel bad for Baker in all of
1: this. I do too. I like, I love, um, like, I, I, I really appreciate Baker a lot. Like, he is a guy who's really, I, I would say, just kind of, not just him, but he played a big role in changing the like the Cle- the Cleveland Browns in the last you know four or five years. Yeah. Like he really it's, he really helped shift. Yeah, he really. It wasn't just him, but he really helped shift. Um, you know, going from a one in fifteen to an zero in sixteen to winning uh, seven games. Going you know going five hundred, and then the next year having uh, a little like you know just below five hundred, and the year after you know making the playoffs. And then yep. this last then year, kind of downfall, he plays yeah. hurt this year, uh, and
0: and, and the and the thanks he gets for that is by, like I just I, I feel bad for him because he he very different uh, personalities I would say, but in terms of like the tone that they set within the locker room, uh, he reminds me a lot of of Joe Burrow, where he's kind of this linchpin in turning around what. Is expected to be a bad team who's going to lose a lot of games, and here's Baker to be like, no, 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 I'm not accepting that. Yeah, and I'm going to show you how we're going to fix it. And that was what Burrow was for Cincinnati. And meanwhile, you know, in the case of Burrow, I think he's had maybe a, you could argue maybe a little more on field success, but um, but he's going to get rewarded for that on field success. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Baker is getting shipped off, and I, 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 I I think that's probably unfair to do to him but again the job of the ownership is to win games if on the field Deshaun Watson should win them more games so I get I get the perspective it's just there's a whole lot of um a whole lot of yuckiness. I don't know how else yeah, I want to phrase it
1: it's just, I will, a lot of this just just gives me all the wrong feels yeah but, I will say honestly like I I think what made me okay with seeing Baker go to another team possibly. Right. Was the fact that like, yes, he has done a lot for Cleveland. He's shifted a lot. However, he's not the greatest quarterback. Um, you know, like you could argue that. And then what they did last year really, really upset me. And it kind of just was like, I was like over it. The fact that like, he started off, he played a couple games great, and then he had his injury that he'd been playing since like week three or four. The fact that he decided he wanted to play and the front office decided they want to let him keep playing and not get that surgery and just have him be good, you know, for the rest of the season. Like when you have a veteran quarterback as backup, Case Kingdom, who can very much, who very well can get the job done, but they want him to play and he played awful last year during those games. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated it. I hated it a lot. It just, I was just like, you know what? You guys, like he... I, I'm fine wherever he goes because that, like, that was just poor, poor decision-making on his, his end and the coaches and GMs. Like, it's like, why would you do that? Like, he needs the surgery, let him get the surgery, let him, let him take the year and recover. Cause now you're, you know, like this, this year, if for Baker, if you don't have the Sean was, all right, this is his final year. Let's see what he's got. Right. Like, cause you saw him play and he was all terrible, but now everyone's just like blaming it on the injury and they're like, he's going to bounce back. He's going to be great next year. You know, and so Maybe. like that's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's you know what
0: I mean? it's very much up in the air, and and you know, I have a lot of respect for any player that it, that plays hurt. Um, it, in the end, what I constantly have to come back to is the training staff and the coaching staff needs to be the ones to say, "You're not helping the football team by playing hurt. Get healthy. We'll be fine in the meantime." Yeah, and if I think that's a larger issue with him and Stefanski, I don't think Baker and and Kevin Stefanski get along at all. Yeah, that's probably the biggest issue here. Is the Browns probably see it more as we have had such a hard time finding a coach since we've come back that we really like and and have actually been successful under. We have this quarterback that come that could come available that we can go acquire that we know is good. Let's pick the coach over the quarterback. Is it the right call? I don't know, but I yeah. think that's the way that they were viewing it. And um, and I don't think and it's not going to be the last time that a coach gets picked over the quarterback. Let's not pretend that like, this is some weird foreign concept. It's just is Kevin Stefanski a top ten coach? I don't know, probably not. Is Baker Mayfield a top ten quarterback? Yeah, probably not. I mean, you're basically deciding to keep one of two middling pieces. Um, and hoping that the other piece becomes better than middling. And yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's not like they have Andy Reid coaching for them or Bill Belichick. Exactly. Yeah. Stefansky's a perfectly fine play caller. I don't think he's some incredible head coach. And so I guess that's kind of my question of like, why, why is Stefanski the winner in all this?
1: That's I think that's another thing was I questioned his play calling a lot last year, a lot last year. A lot of what they did last year was, you know, you, you know that you have a quarterback who maybe not a hundred percent with his arm, with his shoulder, right? And I mean, last year, like I feel like we came out the came out the gate just like trying trying to develop the pass before doing what we do best. Run the football, set up the play action, go for the deep balls. You know what I mean? Like we completely yeah, I mean there was top games 10 running backs. Yeah, 10 there was 10 there was games where Nick Chubb got less than ten touches, multiple games, and you're like, "What are you doing?" You have fire, arguably fire him. If yeah, Nick you, Chubb. If Nick Chubb now, grant I don't want to run him into
0: the ground or anything, but like if Nick Chubb doesn't touch the ball seventeen to twenty times, you you did everything wrong. Yeah, like, dude, exactly. Was, like, he's
1: so good. You have arguably, you know, one of the best running backs in the game, like one of the best pure runners in the game, right? And just best ball carriers out there, and you're you're giving him about eight times a game. Like, of course. When he runs ball, he's not going to get shit because you're not like running it down their throat and like setting up the run. You're just trying to get get the pass that's just not there. When you have a quarterback with an aggravated shoulder or a not okay shoulder or trying to throw to guys and he's overthrown and missing and throwing interceptions back and forth, like what, what what are we doing? What what was the play calling for? You know what I mean? Like I don't understand it. Yeah, I I, I love Cream
0: Hunt in terms of a player. Uh, you know, let not necessarily speaking on his own legal problems that he's had yeah. uh, as a player. Um, super good. Um, I, like I, I get his use in the passing game. I think Nick Chubb probably should get more catches. Uh, that's my personal opinion. I think the reason that we do the whole like Nick Chubb's not a, not a good uh, pass catcher, not good in, in, passing situations. It's like, yeah. Cause he never has had the opportunity every time that we get into that situation. We pull him up, you know, they pull him off the field. And so yep. I just want to get the ball in his hands because he's going to make a lot of plays for me. It's exactly what, uh, what Carolina did early in Christian McCaffrey's career. They gave him the ball a ton because he makes plays. It's what Minnesota does with Dalvin Cook because he makes a ton of plays. It's what uh, the Chargers do with Austin Eckler because he makes a ton of plays. Nick Chubb is a better actual pure running back than all three of those guys. I guarantee you, you can get him uh, a couple passes a, a game and watch him turn a, a two-yard slant or or something like that, or a, a wheel route that was only expected to get five yards, and he turns it into 50 because
1: he's absolutely incredible. Well, but, duh. Give him the ball. And honestly, I, I, you could argue that like you might even have more success with giving Nick Chubb the ball in the passing game because... I mean, if you look at it, you you watch Nick Chubb, he'll go, he'll run the first two downs, and then Kareem Hunt comes in. You're like, all right, I'm ninety-five percent sure a pass is about to happen. Yeah. You know, so you're just you're expecting the pass. And anytime Kareem is, you're you're I'm gonna I'm gonna bet majority time it's gonna be a pass rather than a run, just because of the way that they set up that play call, you know. And so if you help develop some pass pass game with Nick Chubb. You're going to help develop that run even better, and it'll you make even better opportunities for Kareem Hunt when he's running the ball. You know, like it just keeps everyone on their toes, and you just they don't know what to do.
0: I question. I don't want to go down to like a whole rabbit hole here because we could. I could literally talk about this for for a couple of hours easily. Yeah, I'm very surprised that Stefanski doesn't run more two running back sets. I know that's not like a thing really anymore, but yeah. like put them both in the backfield, you have no idea what they're going to do. They could run the ball. They could like run the ball it. with like, either of them. They could pass the ball. They could. You could go super big because last year they had three tight ends. What if they ran? Um, what if they had Hooper Njoku, and Joku uh, and Bryant uh, as the tight ends? You could. You could line them up outside, in line, whatever you wanted to do. And then you had both Hunt and Chubb in the backfield next to whoever the heck was playing quarterback. It could be Baker, you know, at, at that time. Like, it doesn't really matter what is the defense thinking? They're going to be like, um, okay, so let's put out all of our like linebackers and the big, we'll get a bunch of big dudes in there. It's like, okay, cool. Good luck covering David and Joku, uh, with your slow linebacker. Good luck covering cream Hunter or, or Nick Chubb with your yep. slow linebacker. Like you have a potential mismatch in, in having those two running backs and you don't use it. And I just, I, I always found that to be really surprising. I know again, uh, 11 personnel one running back one tight end three wide receivers is the norm and most teams run with that uh, pretty much exclusively um and stefanski doesn't like he he loved to p- throw multiple tight ends out at a time but um why you're not putting pr- really your two best weapons on the field at all times or seemingly all times with the two running backs i think that's that's a problem and I don't think it gets sorted out because now all of a sudden you have Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Like I don't think that's a Baker Mayfield issue. That's still no. a play calling issue.
1: It's 100 percent Yeah, play calling issue. And like, I mean, you know, we we only have X amount of years left. Like, you gotta you gotta do it now. I mean, otherwise you're just you're one you're wasting Nick Chubb's career. Just just it's going down the train. Which training, mind you like, like,
0: is short lived. It's a running back. They have yeah their, they don't they, they, they go 32 like maybe years. Three years in the in the league is is most running backs and and the good ones, I don't think they hit thirty because you've run them too many times. Yeah. It, it and by the way, I know I said I usually say don't pay running backs. I pay Nick Chubb.
1: I'd do it. I mean he, he's so and, good. And the, you know what the thing is is Nick Chubb he won't he's not going to be selfish over that money. Nick Chubb is the ultimate team guy. You know what I mean? Like I saw this I've never video. Never him
0: to complain to the media or anything. Exactly. I saw this one
1: video. Like there was a video of Odell going, "Man, I want to score a touchdown." And then Nick Chubb goes, "I want to win the game." Just right there, you so know. That's like, the guy you want. That's, that's the, the guy, guy you want. want. And like you and, know, and
0: no disrespect to Odell, who's uh, who's a, obviously a superb uh, talent, it has been very good in this in this league part of that's probably a little bit of like the, the personality of the position, wide receivers or running
1: backs. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Like there's like no, no diss to Odell for saying that, but like it, that was just to show what like the kind of guy Nick Chubb is. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, Oh yeah. I want to win. Like, I don't care. Like remember his game against the Texans. Uh, I think it was not last year, but the year before, um, he broke it for like a six yard run and he kneeled it. He like kneeled at the one yard line. He was like, Oh, there was the, he's like we can win the
0: game
1: just like this. Honestly, I was happy he did it because then it was just like, all right, you got you yeah. just you had a guy that just proved the game. to us. He is all about winning. He does not care about scoring and racking up his steps. He is all about for the team and just winning this game right now. Like that, that made me love more. Like,
0: yeah, I remember back in like man, I'm I'm guessing year here like maybe oh seven oh eight. Brian Westbrook from the Eagles did that. Like he, they had a running play from like the five yard line, and he just just gets through the line easily could score a touchdown and he just does this like jump kneel thing right at the one yard line to uh, secure the one. Cause I think they were, I think it was tied. Mm-hmm. And so they, he just let, they were letting the clock run down t- to kick an absolute chip shot of a field goal. Yeah. And it won them the game They, they had, uh, or you know what? They were probably down or they're probably like down one or two where the touchdown would actually have been more problematic because then they could have given up a touchdown and lost yeah um, so like the field goal was be, them him making sure that he they really ran off the clock like so smart i I just i I love seeing that not as again not as a fantasy football guy, but like as a football fan, it's like the win is more
1: important than anything else. and and the fact that they can like process that after they just broke a 40-yard yes. run, yes. while all that adrenals happen, they can still process that. Like, hey, team comes first, win comes first. Like, let's do this yes. right now. And you're like, dude. Because most people would just score the touchdown not even thinking about it, you know? Then they look back, they're like, you know what? I should have taken a knee there, but I wasn't thinking about it. And they're just like, yeah, man, I was already two steps ahead of you. Like, Nick shoves in the back, he's like, listen, I'm probably going to break it right here. I'm going to kneel out the one. Like, he's already just, he's already got that in his head, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Stats are not are not his thing. Like, obviously, he wants to do well, but it's all about the wins. And I got to say, I think this was a win of a podcast. I agree. Uh, we got, I think we covered quite a bit. Uh, there's certainly more that we will have to discuss in the future. Um, whether that's uh, a, an upcoming trade, whether that's uh, the mini uh, free agency moves that we saw. Um, certainly, I, I think at some point we're going to have to cover Calvin Ridley's uh, suspension.
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to cover Cooper to the Browns. I mean, we were talking with the Browns. So I did not even yeah. touch on that. Um, I, I want to touch on like Matt Ryan going to the Colts and yeah, the all that dead money Atlanta's paying now, you know, yeah. just like, like
0: forty again, mil. This, this factors into the absolute bananas uh, offseason that we've had. Um, I feel like we barely scratched the surface. We just kind of hit on the 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 most important topics. Yeah, but there's still so much more to get into, and that's what I love about uh, about football. There's uh, because there's so many teams, there's so much to get into. Um, it just it makes it an absolute blast. So, uh, unlimited make sure, potential. Yeah. Content. Oh, oh yeah. So make sure uh, to check us out in, in our upcoming episodes uh, where we get into all that. To um, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast as well as our sister podcasts, um, the Dip NBA Podcast rebranded to the Hoop Forum, uh, Chalk Talk on the Pine was our MLB podcast, and then. We also have The Dip, which is our pop culture podcast, uh, should be releasing an episode here pretty soon. So, a lot to take in here on the Dip Podcast Network. Highly recommend checking out all those. I think they're going to be an absolute blast of a good time for everybody.
1: I agree. And don't, you know, always like and subscribe. And, you know, if you have some feedback, send it our way. I mean, we're, we're happy to take some criticism or some love or some hate, you know, it's whatever you, you take from it, you learn from it, and move on.
0: Now I'll just uh I'll actually just go on a social media rant about how terrible everyone is and how rude. <laughs> we really appreciate any and all feedback you guys have. We're, we're we're doing this because we love football because we love doing this, love talking, uh talking ball with each other. So, um thanks uh, everyone for uh, jumping in, listening to the podcast this week and we'll check you all out next
1: week. Stay safe out there, guys.